Daryl Short was my first boss. I worked for him up at the Marathon Station. My dad had worked at the Marathon under Ham, and my brother had worked at the Marathon when he was in high school. And so one Saturday morning, I remember my dad coming into my room and waking me up, and he said, I've got a job for you. You're going to work at the Marathon because I worked there and your brother worked there and you're gonna work there. Daryl is opening the gas station up again. So I continued the fine Hammond family tradition of serving at the marathon, working for the short family. And I lasted about three weeks. <laughs> that was my own decision. Because while I was there, Daryl taught me two things while I was there. Two things I can tell you about that he taught me. But one of the things he taught me was math. Very simple little math lesson. Minimum wage at that time was $2.75 an hour. Think about that. $2.75 an hour. And on my first day, Daryl said, glad to have you working here. How about I pay you $2 an hour under the table? Well, I did the math really quick on that. And I said, I, I think maybe I could do a little better. But the, the other thing that Daryl taught me was Greek while I was there. Greek, which I continue to use to this day. Greek, which when I went to college, I had to take three years of Greek. But the first Greek word I learned was from Daryl Short. It was a name, a Greek name. The name was Phidippides. Does anyone remember the name Phidippides? Did Daryl teach you? Yeah, a few of you know the name Phidippides. Across the bug shield on the old gas truck, painted on the bug shield in script letters, beautiful lettering, was this name, this very odd name. And I said, what does Phidippides mean? What's, what is that? And he said, that's Phidippides. Phidippides was the first person to run a marathon. Daryl ran a marathon. First person to run a marathon. Phidippides was a day runner, a courier. He was a messenger. And he ran from the battle in Marathon all the way back to the magistrate in Athens to deliver the message that the Greeks had defeated the Persians. And depending on which legend you hear, it was either one word or two. If it was one word, it was the Greek word Nike, Nike, which means victory, victory. And Phidippides ran into the magistrates that were in session, announced victory, victory, and laid down and died, which is reason enough to never run a marathon. <laughs> the first guy who did it died. Don't do that. And when we come together for a funeral, kind of like Phidippides there, we can't help but be confronted by our own mortality. And look around, and there's, some, there's a lot of good friends here. A lot of people who love Daryl, love you guys. A lot of family and friends, but we can't help but notice there's a lot of people who aren't here. Who maybe were here for the last funeral. Think about Charlotte not being here. Think about a few other friends that we have mourned and buried. There's also the reality we're all getting a little older. We're all a little weaker. None of us are, probably should be running marathons, or not many of us should be running marathons. Phidippides ran and ran and ran and laid down and died. You know, some of us are running towards something. 
some of us are running away from something and some of us are just running, running in circles. Can we be sure before we reach the end that the run was worth it? I think about Daryl. I think about Pheidippides, and I can't help but think about a passage from the Apostle Paul from Philippians chapter 2. When Paul wrote this letter to the Philippians, he was in prison, and Paul was very unsure about what was ahead. He said, if I live, it's Christ. If I die, it's gain. Which will happen, I don't know. He wasn't sure. He could have very easily been beheaded by the Romans or released. He didn't know which, but he was at peace. And so he writes to encourage his friends, and in Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 through 18, we read this. Paul writes and tells them, do all things without grumbling or questioning. All things without grumbling. I thought about mentioning Daryl, but I, I didn't. I guess I did. Do all things without grumbling or, com- or questioning that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine like lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you should be glad and rejoice with me. Paul's words here as he considers what might be his own death, they should, those words should cause us all to reflect on our lives and ask the question, have we run our race well? Have we run our race in vain? Pheidippides was a day runner. His job was to run back and forth and take messages from the battlefield back to the magistrate, from the magistrates back to the battlefield. According to his legend, the day before, and the days before, he had ran 150 miles in two days before running that 26.2. That puts those extreme sports junkies to shame, doesn't it? The human body's not intended to take that kind of punishment, but in the end, Pheidippides made it to Athens. He announced the victory. He did not run his race in vain. (laughs) Think about my dad. I think about watching my dad working on some projects, trying to fix something. And more than once, I would see my dad shake his head and say, I feel like I'm spinning my wheels. I just feel like I'm spinning my wheels. You've been there, haven't you? Feel like I'm spinning my wheels. You work, you work, you put in the time. Maybe it's for a project, maybe it's for a job, maybe it's for a relationship. And nothing comes of it, nothing lasts. You're just spinning your wheels like a little hamster Pheidippides, just running his little heart out, getting nowhere. Think about Daryl serving in the military, the Vietnam veteran. I, I think about that generation, so many of... Uh, who, have, who are with us and so many who have departed. Think about that generation like no others. They, they gave themselves. They're, they're still giving their health. And they know that question like no other. Did we run our race in vain? Did, we, uh, did, we, did what we gave of our lives really matter? But that's not just a question for runners or soldiers. You and I have to, have to consider that question. Are we spinning our wheels? Are we doing anything of lasting value? Or are we running in vain? As Paul continues to ponder his life and commitment, he leads us to another question that we would have to ask ourselves. Have we poured our lives into something 
that matters. Verse 17, Paul says, Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Both Jews and Greeks had a a form of offering they would make to their gods uh, called a drink offering. For the Greeks, a pledge would be made to a particular god, a vow would be taken to serve the gods, to honor the gods, and then a cup of wine would be poured out onto the ground to be absorbed by the ground. But if you never lived up to that vow, if you never kept your promise, if you never kept your commitment, If you never gave yourself to something greater than yourself, then what was poured out was lost. You can't gather that back up again. You can't drink it after it's been poured out. Paul says of his own life, if my life is being poured out, and if all I have to show for it is my friends, if all I have to show for it is you, this community of faithful Christians, then that's enough. If I have built something that lasts, then that is enough. There is an impressive list of causes and organizations and relationships that Daryl poured himself into. Kansas Lodge, 280 ancient and free accepted Masons, the Anzar Shrine Shrine Temple, uh, Edgar County Shrine Club, Charleston Elks, Kansas American Legion, and Marshall VFW poured himself into those things. And in addition to that, he formed Sugar Camp and gave many of you a place to belong where you did your own pouring of sorts, I suppose. You know, there's only so much pouring in that you can do until you're being poured out, until that cup is drained and there's not much left to give. Last time I saw Daryl was just a month ago, and he was tired. He was in a lot of pain. We prayed together. He looked poured out. When we reach that point, when we have nothing else to give, what is it that we hold on to? Here in Philippians 2, Paul writes, if, if I am poured out. But five years later, he wrote another letter, this time to his young friend, Timothy. Five years later, he wrote what we suspect to be his last letter, written just six months before his death. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Verses 6 to 8, there is no if about being poured out. Instead, Paul writes, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have broken the tape. I have finished the race like Pheidippides. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, and not only to me, but to all who have longed for his appearing. Paul had not run his race in vain, and he had poured his life into something eternal. I think about Pheidippides running all that way, getting his message home, shouting that word, Nike, Nike. You see that word just about every day, by the way. We say Nike now. It's on the side of some of your shoes today. It's the word Nike. It simply means victory. It also means overcomer. Nike. Nike is not just a champion or a conqueror. It is an overcomer. And that's a word that appears a lot in the Bible, describing the challenges of this life, the troubles that we face, the sicknesses we endure, the hard times we go through, and even those moments when it just feels like you're spinning your wheels. But the promise 
that a life devoted to Jesus Christ is not in vain. It is Nike. It is victory. At the end of the Bible, when all is said and done, when all the accounts are settled, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, says, They overcame Nike. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives even unto death. You see, victory is not about what you did. It's not about how you served. It's not even about how you spun your wheels. It's about what you looked to Jesus to do for you. Did you give him your heart? Did you trust him for the victory? Let's pray. Father, we've come today recognizing you as the giver of life, the sustainer of life, the one to whom all of our days are owed. And we come today feeling the absence of many. We, we come feeling the absence of Daryl. But I pray we are more keenly aware of your presence. And we pray for this family and friends who will continue to gather and remember. We pray for comfort from shared sorrows and and even joy from stories and, and laughter that they will share among themselves. And Father, we, we come together today and we, we have to pray for Kathy. We ask your strength. We ask your very best mercies for her today. We ask you to, to bring healing and bring peace. We pray for John and Terry and the rest of the family and seek your comfort in the midst of just a very, very difficult week. Lord, and as they're very aware of the absence of those that they love, make them all the more aware of your presence, the presence of your spirit, the presence of your comforter. And Father, we cannot help but pray and recognize that our lives are being poured out as well. And my prayer for us is that we might know Jesus as the one who allowed himself to be poured out for our sake, who gave his life on the cross, the cruelest death of all, that we may know victory in our lives and for eternity. Let your spirit guide him, guide us towards him for the hope that we so desperately need. And to Jesus be glory now and forever. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.